morning, everybody. So I don't, I know some of you, um, it's been a few years since I've been here. Last year, they asked me to Quizmaster, and I had a baby in June, and I really seriously considered coming to Quizmaster, and I thought it might be a little unwise to travel seven hours with a three-week-old and, you know, all the things. So it's helpful for me when I'm listening to somebody to know a little bit about about them and who they are and what they're passionate about. So uh, for just a second, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, and then I'm going to talk to you about you. So as I said, I'm Melanie, and something the thing I'm most passionate about is following Jesus. Following Jesus with every part of my life, not just my Sunday morning self. Every corner, momentous and mundane. I want to be a holy listener Someone who pays attention to the Spirit of God, to what God is saying in all things, and what God is calling us to do. So everything I write about, everything I talk about, it winds its way in and around the movements of the Holy Spirit. The God who is present with us in all things, inviting us to be a part of building God's kingdom here on earth, wherever you live, as it is in heaven. Something you want to know about me is that I love liturgy. I love the rhythms of the church season. So things like Advent and Lent, and right now we're in the middle of ordinary time. I love the sacraments, the communion of the saints at the table of the Lord. As a pastor in the Free Methodist Church, it's my favorite part of the week is crafting a sermon, a service, not just a sermon, that with the intention of opening us to hear from God and respond to God through scripture and sermon, through the sacrament, through the songs, through the call and response that we encounter with Jesus as as he comes to bring healing and wholeness into our lives and then equip us to bring that out into the world. So as Laura said, I've been married to my husband, Kevin, who was a former quizzer. He graduated in 2004. We got married in 2008. And at the time during, during college, I was just his faithful timekeeper until someone convinced me that I had enough skills to quiz master. So I've done a little bit of that as well. And I love the quizzing community. Kevin is the person who faithfully calls out my giftedness And he loves me enough to call me on my crap. (laughs) So find somebody who will do that for you. Someone who will call out your giftedness and tell you when you're off base. That's true love. So when I'm in a healthy place, Kevin keeps me laughing hysterically. And when I'm stressed out, which happens more than I'd like, he also takes the brunt of my misplaced criticism. He is the most amazing partner I could have asked for in life and in ministry and in parenting. For five years, we identified as infertile or unable to have children, and that season of life shaped my spirituality in more ways than I can even explain in a few moments. It deepened my faith and my dependence on Jesus. And for reasons still beyond my comprehension, God in his goodness, has granted us these two little girls that Laura mentioned, Junia and Kirsten. They bring us more delight and more frustration than I knew was possible. (laughs) And also, they are incredibly adorable and hilarious, and they will be with me here tomorrow, so you'll get to meet them. I'm kind of a paradox. I love teaching yoga, but I hate going to yoga classes. 
I love singing in community choir, but I do not like listening to the radio. I launder cloth diapers, but I hate washing the dishes. And I love taking my kids to the zoo, but only if it's a random Tuesday, there's no one there, and there's, you know, 12 cars in the parking lot because crowds stress me out. So what about you? What do I know about each one of you in this room? I know the quizzers here are the ones, all the adults are saying, I hope my quizzers are listening. I like to say to the adults, I hope you're listening too. Because the God who created us invites each of us, regardless of age, status, gender, to be with God. I know that some of you are, have to do the chapel thing. It's required as per that asterisk in your, in your program. So that you can define the, co- the competitive part of, of quizzing. Some of you are here because you love Jesus and the scriptures. And quizzing is a fun way to do all of those things. And some of you are here because you love going on trips with your friends. Or maybe you're here because you're a parent who wants to be involved in their kids' lives. Or you're a coach who believes with your whole heart that Bible quizzing is one way for Jesus to encounter teenagers where they're at in life. All of those reasons are valid reasons to be in this room here this morning. But here's something else I know. I know that every single one of us, every single one of you, myself included, has something that we care deeply about. There are people in your lives that you can't imagine living life without. And I think there are things in your life that you're passionate about. Maybe you're planning something for your future and you're investing a lot of time and energy into orchestrating your dreams. Maybe you have a hobby or a craft or a sport that you spend incredible amounts of time and energy crafting, making space for. And I think all of those things bring delight to Jesus because he cares about what brings us joy. Keep being with your people. Keep making plans. Keep practicing your craft. But if every one of us has people we love and plans we care about, what in the world are we supposed to do with the words of Jesus in Luke 14, 26? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother and father, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Ouch. What's the deal, Jesus? Since when is following you, being your disciple, about hating people? Something doesn't add up. This is kind of a cringy verse, isn't it? One of us that, one verse that some of us would probably rather ignore. But I invite you to enter into the discomfort of this verse with me for a few minutes. Because Jesus is always inviting us to something, to become love. So what's he trying to tell us in Luke 14? If you want to open your portions, if you want to just have this in your head already, if you have the whole passage memorized, I'm going to start in verse 25 of Luke chapter 14. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. 
Verse 27. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost so that you have enough plans, enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. At the end of verse 35, it says, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So the thing about following Jesus is it comes at great cost. I mean, just ask the rich man in Luke 16. Or heck, look at Jesus' own life. Because you remember how Paul describes Jesus in Philippians 2. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So what Jesus is asking of us in verse 26, to hate our mothers and fathers, even our own lives, This is something he's intimately familiar with. This instruction from Jesus that makes us cringe, it's not about holding grudges. It's not about ask, it's not hate in the sense of bitterness and anger against someone or revenge, getting revenge on someone. What Jesus is inviting us to do is to let go of our possessive grip on our lives in order to be transformed by his love. The costliness of being a disciple isn't about making us uh, miserable. God isn't vindictive. God isn't a sinister or overlord. No. Our God is a God of invitation. A God who desires to be with us. So then, if we're responding to Jesus' invitation to come, follow me, what we're actually deciding to do is to hold life loosely. When we hold people and plans and possessions loosely, our spirits are so much more easily transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be made into the image of Jesus. And that's the point. That's why we follow Jesus, to become like him, to live love. There are so many good things in our life, aren't there? Good ambitions, very good things that can get in the way of our willingness to follow Jesus, the call to be with God, the call to have God's love made complete in us. So I want to ask you something this morning. What plans are you gripping tightly? Are you gripping plans for your future? What will you do with your life? Who will you marry or when will you marry? When will you have kids? What name you will make for yourself? 
Maybe you have an especially righteous dream, righteous dream, like becoming a pastor or being a missionary or a minister in a career. That's a good thing. But even those goals can actually inhibit our responsiveness to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what about the people in your life? Who do you care about? Who are you gripping tightly? Is it a relationship with a parent or a child, a son or daughter? Maybe it's a friend, a girlfriend or boyfriend or a fiance, a spouse, someone that you're elevating above the voice of the Holy Spirit, above the God who wants to be with us. Luke 14, 33, Jesus' words. I'm going to paraphrase with Eugene Peterson's paraphrase from the message. Don't let this throw you too much. Or let it throw you too much, we'll say that instead. Simply put, Jesus says, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. So invite Jesus today to help you look at your life, to show you where you're needing to loosen your grip in order to follow him more dearly, more nearly, in order to embody the love of God. And if that's something is taking that first step to saying yes to Jesus, to following for the first time to be a disciple, then now is the time to take that step. If you took that step 50 years ago, now is the time to take it again. To follow Jesus more nearly. So I'm going to give you just a moment to sit with your own discomfort, perhaps, with the Holy Spirit who guides us lovingly and yet also sometimes in earnest and into some discomfort. What is Jesus asking of you in this moment? Just take a deep breath and sit with our loving friend Jesus for a minute. in prayer from words from Pastor Ted Loder. Oh God, it is hard for me to let go most times, and the squeeze I exert garbles me and gnarls others, so loosen my grip a bit on the good times, on the moments of sunlight and starshine and joy that the thousand graces they scatter as they pass may nurture growth in me rather than turn them to brittle memories. O God, loosen my grip on those grudges and grievances I hold so closely that I may risk exposing myself to the spirit of forgiving and forgiveness that changes things and resurrects dreams and courage.
loosen my grip on my fears, that I may be released a little into humility and into an acceptance of my humanity. Loosen my grip on myself, that I may experience the freedom of a fool who knows that to believe is to see kingdoms, find power, sense glory, to reach out held. To laugh at myself is to be in on the joke of your grace. To attend to each moment is to hear the faint melody of eternity. To dare love is to smell the wild flowers of heaven. So God, loosen my grip on my ways and words, on my fears and fretfulness, that letting go into the depths of silence and my own uncharted longings, I may find myself held by you and linked anew to all life in this wild and wondrous world you love so much. So I may take to heart that you have taken me to heart. In the loving and insistent name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.